just has something special this morning. I guess I'm repetitive, I always say that, but everything that Jesus said was and is very significant. Okay, everything. And I'd like to focus on one of the a little phrase that he says uh, after he resurrects from the dead, but I'm not going to tell you exactly what phrase quite yet. Because if we read the phrase that Jesus speaks, I kind of fear that we won't fully understand what Christ meant when he said it. Uh, you know that I always preach and teach and I tell you that God is very methodical, very calculated. He's, he's not random or whimsical. Everything that he says and speaks he says with intent and with deep purpose and meaning, and sometimes you have to dig in there to find out exactly what he's saying. So we have to get some background first in order to be able to understand why Jesus says what he says, which I haven't told you yet what he said. Is anyone confused yet? I apologize. I know that's a confusing way to start a sermon out, but nevertheless. So forget about, forget about all that for now. We'll, we'll get to that later. If, if I greeted you today... And I came up to you and I said, Shalom. I, I, I believe that most of us would understand what Shalom means. Um, shalom is a Hebrew word. It pretty much, for all intents and purposes, means peace. So if, if I came to you this morning and I saw you and I, I bid you Shalom, really what I'm saying to you is, is I'm, high, I'm hoping to find you in a peaceful way, in, in a state of peace. If I greeted you this morning or you greeted me and you said Shalom to me, what that is saying is I, I hope you are in a state of peace. I hope your family is peaceful. I hope you have inner peace. That's what Shalom means. You know, for many years, New Hope has helped down at the Bethlehem Walk. Any of you familiar with that? And the Bethlehem Walk is supposed to be a, a walk through time, the time of Jesus' birth. You're walking through Bethlehem, and they set it up real neat. They have all kinds of animals and so on and so forth. The New Hope is always responsible for the manger scene. And to try and be a little more authentic, when I see the, the people that come to take the tour, a lot of times I'll bid them shalom because it's just a little more authentic, you know, going back in that time and that age. And a lot of times the, the tour guides, when they come through, they bring us, uh, they bring the group of people past our manger scene and they would bid us shalom and, and they're wishing peace upon us. Now, shalom doesn't mean just peace, okay? It's a, a general phrase. We generalize it saying that it means peace. We have to realize that Greek and Hebrew was not written with English in mind, okay? It was, they created their, designed their language for their intents and for their own purposes. So some things don't exactly translate into, this means this in Hebrew, so it exactly means this in English. It's not that, it's just, we do the best we can. But shalom means more than just peace. It, it means harmony. It means wholeness. It means completeness. It means prosperity, good welfare. It means tranquility, which when we say peace or shalom to one another, we're generalizing it as all those things meaning peace, harmony, wholeness, completeness. So to greet someone with a shalom, stick with me now, all this is going somewhere. It's really a kind of greeting, wishing someone peace and harmony, wishing them prosperity and completeness, wholeness upon the individual you speak it to. Brothers and sisters, could, could we go out on a limb this morning 
and say that the world does not have shalom, does it? The world is not in a state of shalom. I think we could say that actually with authority this morning. The world, with certainty we could say it, the world is lacking shalom. Amen? There is no peace in this world. There is no wholeness. The world has no peace. The world does not have any harmony to it, does it? Our nation has no harmony. The world doesn't have anything close to wholeness. The world doesn't have anything even remotely close to tranquility. Look at the state of our nation. Are you kidding me? Look at what we have in our nation. We've got rioting, not, not shalom. We've got violence. We have extreme division in our nation. We've got deceitfulness. We've got corruption. We don't have shalom. We don't have peace nor harmony in this nation. We have untruths. We have misinformation. We have all that stuff. We do not have shalom. Now, this world doesn't have shalom, but they are looking for shalom. They are. They are. All of us in here looking for shalom and the world looking for shalom. If we're all being honest, everyone is searching for shalom, inner peace, harmony, tranquility inside of my soul. Everyone's looking for that. Whether they'll admit it or not, everyone wants that. Now, the world looks for shalom in sex. The world looks for shalom in pharmaceuticals. The world looks for shalom in money. In alcohol, the world looks for shalom in fame. The world looks for shalom in the size of their houses, in their IRAs. If it was big enough and grand enough, if those numbers are high enough, I would have shalom. They think so. The world looks for shalom in the latest trends, the latest fashion trends. If I could just have a perfect statuesque body, I could have shalom. Listen, there are even people that look for shalom in religion. The world looks for shalom in religion. Some of you have looked for shalom in all of these things. Amen? Some of you searched high and low looking for inner peace, for harmony inside of your mind and your spirit. Looked for some of these aforementioned things and you were unable to find it. You'll never ever find shalom in any of those things that I just mentioned. Why? Because they don't produce shalom. They can't produce shalom. They cannot ever produce shalom. The world will never find shalom in any of those things. Those things do not produce peace. Those things do not produce harmony. You can have a different babe every single weekend and you'll never find shalom in it. You'll find an STD at some point in it, but you won't find shalom. All the piles of money in the world can't grant the wholeness or the completeness that you're looking for. It can't. Just look at Holly Weird. You say, Jason, you mispronounced that. No, I didn't. I pronounced it correctly. Holly Weird. Look at those people. Do they have shalom and completeness? Completeness? I don't want anything to do with what they have. No, thank you. All the piles of money in the world doesn't grant one wholeness or completeness. Boy, we think it does, but it doesn't. Listen, the, the funny thing, the mysterious thing about shalom is that there are people that don't have two pennies to rub together they're so poor yet they have perfect shalom and there are other people that have millions and billions of dollars and cannot find shalom mysterious isn't it you know there are also there are people that accomplish all of their goals in life there are people that accomplish all of their wildest dreams and imaginations yet they cannot find shalom 
And on the other hand, there are people that have had their dreams shattered, destroyed, broken, have accomplished nothing that they wanted to accomplish in their life, yet they do have shalom. What is this mysterious thing called shalom and where can I find it? Where is this thing that I can obtain called peace? Where can I find completeness for myself? Where can I find this inner harmony? Where can we find it this morning? Brothers and sisters, there is only one source that grants true shalom. Some of you have found that source, haven't you? Some of you yelling and shouting amen and nodding your heads. You know what I'm talking about. There's only one place that true inner tranquility can be found. There is only one source that grants peace. Peace of mind. There is only one source that grants harmony and tranquility. There is only one source that makes you whole. There is only one source that makes you complete. That if we were honest, we're all looking for it. People search high and low for peace. You realize that? We have a world full of lost people out there searching for peace. You realize we have people that travel this globe looking for peace. They'll climb the highest mountain to try to accomplish this feat and try to find a state of nirvana. And they aren't going to find it. They sit on a beach somewhere in a beautiful cabana thinking they can find peace in that and they aren't going to find it. People spend their lives looking for peace. We have millions and millions of people on this planet that cannot find peace. You know, I find it so funny of how simple it is to find peace actually. Millions of people can't find it, but let, listen to how simple the Bible says peace is and that peace can be found. It's in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. It says this, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That, that is the only place you will ever find peace that is the only place you will find completeness. That is the only thing that will make you whole. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. How? Through what Christ Jesus did. That is the only place. You can only obtain shalom when you have made peace with God by believing on His Son, Jesus Christ. Only, we were just singing about this moments ago, only through the faith in the shed blood of a sinless Savior can we find the most elusive thing called peace. Matthew, Jesus goes on to tell us this in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. He says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, Jesus says, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Brothers and sisters, I don't know, can you see with your spiritual eye that the world is out there seeking and searching? They're looking for rest for their weary souls, and they're searching for it in sex and money and fame and power and notoriety, and they can't find it. And sadly, some people spend their entire lives searching and seeking, trying to find something that will make them complete. And the Bible says it's this simple. That therefore, being justified by faith, if you believe in Lord Jesus, if you believe in what He did, believe in His completed work on the cross, you can make peace with God. Only Jesus, 
Only Jesus, His blood, it can grant what the world is looking for. That's it. Good luck. Good luck to your brothers and sisters if you can think what you, you, you think you can find what you're looking for in women or men. Good luck to you. Have at it. Come back and let me know how it works out for you in 20 years. Good luck to you if you think you can find shalom in money. Go ahead, make all the piles of it you want. Sleep on a big giant bed of it. Let me know how it works out for you. The Bible says, what's it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? You can have all the piles of money. You can sleep in it, cover up with it. Your IRA can have so many numbers and commas in it. But you're going to lose your own soul. Good luck to you. Good luck to you finding shalom in religion. You know, there's people trying to do all these good things and, and be good. And, and if I'm good enough, then, then I can find inner peace. If I do these good deeds, I can find peace for what's missing inside of me. If I, if I do good things, maybe. Good luck. Good luck. Have at it. You want to look for peace and tranquility traveling all over tarnation? Have at it. It ain't going to work out for you. I'm trying to help save you a lot of time and money this morning. Listen, Phil Robertson. Anyone ever heard of Phil Robertson? An awesome guy from Duck Dynasty. I love, I love some Phil Robertson. I, I try to listen to him every now and again if I see something on YouTube or something. He's pretty cut and dry and does not care if you are offended. I'm attracted to people like that, to be honest with you. But Phil Robertson, if you've ever heard him speak, he refers to peace as the rarest commodity in the world. Brothers and sisters, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with Phil. It is the rarest commodity in this modern world that we live in because no one can find peace. No one can find inner peace. No one can find harmony. It is only through a man named Jesus Christ. Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, Rabboni. He was foreordained before the foundation of the world. That is the only place that we will ever, ever find shalom. You know, I, I just recently finished reading all the Gospels and I just kind of started into Acts a little bit and read the first few chapters of Acts and I was reading about Peter and, and Peter, the, the, the Sanhedrin, the Annas and Caiaphas and the, the Sadducees, are they're getting all mad and grumpy because these disciples keep on preaching and teaching about Jesus and His resurrection and they start getting angry and they confront Him. And, and I like Peter, he kind of goes Phil Robertson style and he says this in Acts 4.12, right to their faces he says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Peter, what he's really saying is, there is no other peace for you to find out in this world. He was even saying it to religious people who thought they had peace, and they don't. It's a false peace, a pseudo-peace found in religion. And Peter's saying, nope, there's only one source of true, real peace. There's only one name whereby we must be saved. And he's talking about Jesus Christ. It only comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no shalom outside of Christ Jesus. There is no shalom. Jesus says, come unto me and find rest for your souls. Rest for your souls. Now, I, I kind of like to dig into things a little bit and understand them as much as I can maybe you're thinking, well, well, how does that work? You know, how, how is it that some guy named Jesus, supposed to be a good guy, 
supposedly did these miracles, supposedly got crucified and rose from the dead. How does that, how does that work? How does that produce peace inside of me? How does that transaction work? How can Jesus dying on the cross produce inner harmony for me? You're, you're saying it can give me the peace and the completeness that I'm looking for. How does Jesus grant shalom? How does Jesus grant tranquility? How does he grant this inner peace? Well, we, we like to make things so complex, but the whole Bible is actually very simple. I know a lot of folks might get confused about the King James Old English these and thou's, but... The whole Bible is actually very, very complex, or very, very simple. We make it complex. But how Jesus grants peace is actually very simple. The, the real problem that people do not have shalom, the real problem that people cannot find shalom is sin. That, that's actually what it is. That's actually the inhibitor to finding peace. The reason people cannot obtain shalom is sin. Sin is the root of the problem. That's the root of it. You, you, you can boil everything down, but it boils down to sin. That's why you can't find what you're looking for, because you're looking in other places. Sin can manifest itself in many forms. Oh, in many forms, we see it all the time. Violence, idolatry adultery, lust, greed, you name it, vanity, pride, deceitfulness, you name it, drunkenness, whatever, they're all just different forms of sin. Listen to me now, sin must be dealt with. It must be dealt with for an individual to find inner peace. It must be dealt with. When there's sin inside of you, and you are unregenerated, you have trespassed against God. There is something between. How can a man, how can a woman, how can any individual have peace when there's something between the individual and the maker of that individual? You cannot possibly find peace without confronting sin. You are in violation of His moral law. There is no peace when you're in violation of His moral You've trespassed against God. You've trespassed against other people. Maybe your family, your wife. You've done things you're ashamed of. Man, we, have you ever done something you're just ashamed of? I've done many of things I'm ashamed of. I've done many of things I, I wish I could go back in time and undo them. And it, those things, they produce shame. Those things produce guilt. Most people, listen now, most people cannot find inner peace. Most people cannot find shalom because they leave the matter of sin unresolved. That, that's what it is. They, they do not address. They're searching in money. They're searching in all these things and here and there and going all over the world and drinking this and taking that and living with this person and that person. And, and they're leaving the real problem unaddressed. Sin. For whatever reason, they can't admit to it. They don't want to admit that they're a sinner. Whatever reason it is. The enemy blinds them to that simple truth. So the majority of the people walk this planet with the basic problem of sin left unresolved in their soul and they search and search for peace and they cannot find it. We have, do you understand, we have millions, maybe billions of people walking around with with sin they're in an unregenerated state they have sin inside of them and it inhibits them between them and their maker and they can't find peace 
they can't find peace. It is not possible to find shalom apart from facing God. An individual must come to God and confront the problem of sin. Sin is the divider between God and man. There is no possibility of shalom without admitting that there's sin in your life. But the good news is, and this is the gospel, the good news is that Jesus, with his sinless life, with his death, burial, and resurrection, solved the problem of sin. Unlike any other religion, you've heard me preach this before, those other religions don't even offer. They make no way of atoning for past sins. Doing good does not atone for the things you did in the past. If I murder someone and, and kill someone and they're gone, and then I give $40 billion to a, an agency that maybe they, they prevent mothers from aborting their children and it saves hundreds of millions of babies, it still does not bring that person back to life that I killed. Did you see what I'm saying? All the good in the world that I do can't undo the bad that I did. But Jesus offers a solution. I love this, this gospel passage right here. It's found in 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Brothers and sisters, that scripture is the gospel. That He who was sinless was made sin so that I could be made the righteousness of God. When we place our faith in the finished work of Jesus on the cross and we confront the sin in our lives, you know how we always do the ABCs here at New Hope and many other ministries do too. You, that first A stands for admitting. Admitting that you're a sinner. Admitting that you have sin in your life. But when we place our faith in the finished work of Jesus on the cross and we confront this in our lives, we make peace with God. And a byproduct of that is shalom. We find that inner peace because we've dealt with the sin between us and God. When we, when we make peace with God, when we admit our sin, when we confront the sin that divides Him between us, you're no longer looked at by God, by your Maker, as a transgressor. He looks at you and sees the righteousness of His Son. You are covered under His blood. That's where you find peace. Because God, your Maker, from whom your soul will return, when He looks at you, He no longer sees an offender. He no longer sees a transgressor. He sees one of His own. He sees the blood of His Son. He was made sin so that when God looks at me, He looks at me as though I am righteous. That, that is how He passes on that peace of mind to me because I'm no longer a transgressor or an offender. I'm one of His children. When, when, when this transpires, when I come on my knees and I say, Jesus, save my soul, forgive my sins, cleanse me of unrighteousness, that act washes away the guilt which inhibits the peace from coming into your life. That act washes away the shame. It clears your conscience. And then you can find shalom that you are seeking for. That's called salvation. That's called being saved. What I'm saying is there is no other way to obtain shalom other than by trusting in the finished work of Jesus Christ. 
There's no amount of good that you can do. You can be the next Mother Teresa. Have at it. Do all good the rest of your life. And you will not find shalom until you come to Christ and you humble your heart. Admit that you're a sinner. Believe on His work on the cross. Believe in His sinless life. Believe in His teachings and preachings. And then you confess it with your mouth and believe it in your heart. Now, not that all that's not awesome, but here we get to, to some of the interesting stuff that, that I think is fascinating about Shalom. Isaiah, now I've preached this many a times. I hope you're listening to me by now, but everyone in here should be familiar with Isaiah chapter 53. Okay, I'm going to sound like a broken record. I've said that many a times. But Isaiah states something that's very easy to miss in Isaiah chapter 53. And he, he really, he's stating here that our shalom, or our peace, our tranquility, is dependent on the work of Christ on the cross. Now remember, whenever we read Isaiah chapter 53, remember when it was written, centuries and centuries before Christ ever walked this planet. Isaiah 53 verse 3 says this, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. It's talking about Christ. It's prophesying Christ. Verse 4 says, Surely he hath borne our griefs, and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Verse 5 now, pay close attention, says, but he, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Now did anyone happen to catch that little phrase in there that hardly anyone notices or takes note of? The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Do you see that in there? Let me read that in NIV. It says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. So it is only through the punishment that he took, which should have been ours, therein lies how we can obtain peace. Through his chastisement. Through his punishment. That's how we can obtain peace. The chastisement of our peace was on him. Because of what he did, I can have peace. Because of what he did, you can have peace. Me, a sinner can find peace because he paid for my sins. And now, when God the Father looks at me, he looks at me as reconciled. I'm reconciled to him now. I'm not a stranger. I'm not afar off. I'm not a foreigner to him. He's not going to say, who are you? He looks at you and says, you've been reconciled through my son. I know who you are. You're one of mine. That produces peace. Now I can have peace because He looks at me as righteous. Peace comes from reconciliation to our Maker. To the believer who places his or her faith in the finished work of Jesus, shalom is possible. Now our souls can have rest. My soul can be at peace with God. There's no longer something in between us now. It's just me and God. Me and God, I can go to Him. I can seek Him. I can boldly approach His throne. There's not something in between us now. It's been removed by the blood of Jesus. 
so I can go to Him and I can have peace. That's where true peace comes from. When you're in an unregenerated form, there's a big giant elephant in the room if you ever try to approach God. Uh, you know, there's that, that thing, you know, just not talking about it. It's embarrassing. The elephant in the room is sin. And that is what inhibits you from finding peace and that completeness and that wholeness. Brothers and sisters, there's where peace comes from. Okay, so, so finally, we can turn our attention back to the confusing beginning of my, my sermon. That, that significant thing, that significant phrase that Jesus said after his resurrection that I had mentioned at the beginning. Okay, and, and as we read this, I want you to remember what we've heard today about shalom, how shalom is obtained, what shalom is, all the meanings of shalom, how it can be found, you know, harmony, peace, inner peace, tranquility, completeness, wholeness. So this is after the resurrection, you know, and I know we, we know the story of the crucifixion of Christ. Jesus is, is seen, he, he's seen by Mary Magdalene and she doesn't recognize him at first and he kind of reveals himself to Mary Magdalene and he says, go and tell the others and she takes off running and goes and tells the disciples, I saw Jesus, I saw Jesus and none of the disciples had seen Christ yet. Okay, so, so keep everything today in mind as we read this in the Gospel of John chapter 20 verse 19. Listen now. Listen to the first thing that Jesus says to his disciples upon seeing them after his resurrection. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut and the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and looked in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed them unto his hands and his sides. And there were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus again unto them, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, so even I send you. Church, can you see it this morning? Can you visualize it? Here's Christ with the, the nail-scarred hands and the nail-scarred feet. And He comes back and what's the very first thing He says? He actually says, Shalom Aleichem. Peace be unto you. Brothers and sisters, that wasn't just a goofy greeting. I know nowadays we might say peace and, and me and some of my buddies, we joke with each other and peace out, man. And, and we joke and we, and we use it just just a casual greeting. Remember how I said that nothing that God does is whimsical. So this is not, get rid of your thought if you think Jesus just comes out and says, hey, peace guys, peace man. It's all good, I'm back, I'm here. It's not just a, a casual greeting because he hasn't seen his disciples for a few days. They've been separated for a few days. So, hey, peace, guys. No, there's tremendous significance in what Jesus says when he says, Shalom Alechem, he says to his people. When Jesus said, Shalom Alechem, he was saying, now you can have peace. When, when Jesus said, Shalom Alechem, he's saying, it is finished. My work is finished. And now he's saying, I can bequeath my peace unto you. Peace be unto you, my brothers. Peace be unto you, my sisters. Peace be unto you, all of my followers. Do you see now that it's just not a goofy phrase when he said shalom to his brothers? He didn't just, just not a goofy phrase. He's saying, it's done. My peace can be upon you now. Isn't that awesome? Humanity can now 
achieve. It's available. Shalom is available to humanity now. Humanity can now possess. You and I can now possess the rarest commodity in the world. Shalom. Because of the the finished work of Jesus Christ. Through the finished work of Christ on the cross, I now can have inner tranquility. I now can have harmony inside of my soul. I don't have to go search all over the planet looking here and looking there. I have found it now. And I can have inner peace. I can find completeness. I can be whole. Can anyone say amen to that this morning? Listen, our nation has been pretty much burning itself to the ground lately, hasn't it? There's so much division and hatred. There's so much corruption and violence. And I do genuinely fear for the future of our nation. I do. I I pray for it all the time. I I don't see it going in a good direction, and I don't mean to be a downer. But it, it can be very unnerving when we look to the state of our nation. Amen? I call it, and I've heard a few pundits and people call it, I call it clown world. We're living in clown world right now. We're living in like bizarro world where evil things, where despicable things are celebrated and, and they're glorified, but wholesome things, righteous things are demonized. It's clown world. It's bizarro world. It's like backwards world. It, it, it's, it's, it can vex you. Amen. But even in all that, I still have peace. Even in all this bizarro world that we live in, I still have shalom. I know where I'm going at the end of my life. I know where I'm going, and I know where I came from. I know where I'm going to spend eternity. I know what happens in the end. Brothers and sisters, I I genuinely believe we're going to lose a lot of battles coming up in these next few years and decades and however long this lasts. There's going to be a lot of battles lost. It's even going to seem like we're going to lose the war. But I know what happens at the end. I know where I came from. I know where I'm going. I know who saved my soul. And in the midst of this nation of chaos and where sin is abounding, I've got inner harmony. I have peace inside of me. If I can invite the band back, I'm going to close with a scripture. And this, this is the power of the gospel. The Bible says this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. It says, be careful for nothing. In other translations, instead of saying be careful, it says be anxious over nothing. Don't be worried about anything. You don't have to fear or fret, no matter how dark it looks. Be careful for nothing, the Bible says, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Listen, and the peace of God, the rarest commodity of the world, the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The, the peace, the shalom, that only God grants, that can only be found in Christ. It transcends all this chaos in the world. It transcends the intellect. It's almost confusing in a sense. I I have seen, I have known people, I've even been in situations myself that there should not have been any way that you should have had peace in that situation. There are people in here this morning that are going through situations that there's no intellectual way they should have peace. But yet, there is a peace that we find 
in Christ Jesus that surpasses human intellect. It surpasses intelligence. It surpasses our understanding and comprehension because it comes from God. Brothers and sisters, I do pray shalom alechem over everyone in here. And if you are searching, anyone listening via live stream, if you are searching the world looking for peace in this and that, you're not going to find it. You're not going to find it except through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Can we stand this morning? Let's pray just before the band plays one last song. And as they play, 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 brothers and sisters, these altars are always open. Come seek the Lord. Confront sin in your life and find that shalom. Father God, we thank You this morning, Lord, that through the work of Christ, through the finished work of Christ, living sinless, dying on the cross, resurrecting from the dead, ascending up into heaven, we can now find shalom. Lord, we have what the world is searching for. Lord, I pray if there be any watching live stream, if there be any in here who are not saved, Father God, that they would follow those ABCs. Admit, believe, and confess on Jesus Christ. And Lord, then and only then is shalom possible when we reconcile to our Maker, when we confront the elephant in the room, sin. When we deal with it, we confront it, and we confess it before a holy God. Then we can find shalom. Lord, I pray shalom over everyone today, Father God. I speak peace over them even now, Father God. And we thank You for the peace that passes understanding. We know that there are people going through tremendous, tremendously difficult situations. And I pray the peace that passes understanding over them now. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, let's worship and these altars are open.